Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. This is Eat and Drink with Ali Hassan and Marco Timpano. The podcast where back of house Ali and front of house Marco talk food and drink. Heads up. These two spent decades in restaurants, so some mature content and language is bound to come up. Get ready for Eat and Drink. Forks up. All right. Hey. <laughs> Where have we been, Marco? Where, Where have, have we, we been? been? We've oh. been, we've been to hell and back, buddy. Certainly. Heaven and back, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, it's been positive. It's been positive. Yeah, sure. We've been doing our thing. We've been doing our thing. <laughs> and we're, we're happy to do our thing here uh, right now for everyone. And I don't want to pull back the curtain, but part of your thing has been uh, buying a drink cart. you got to say, you're like, a, you're like a flight attendant over here. This is amazing. You know, the studio... Our studio was a nice size for two people, but once you introduce food and drink into the studio, it consumes a lot of space, right? So this was actually my wife's idea. She's like, why don't we get you a bar cart since you're constantly going up and down with liquor? So this will be a feature in our show in our show is the bar cart. Uh, I'm Marco Timpano, by the way. Ali Hassan over here. All right. This is Eat and Drink, the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Um, we start off with a cocktail and... Uh, or we start off with a drink. I shouldn't say a cocktail because we had last – our last episode was cappuccino. So that's not that's a cocktail. Right. So. That's right. I, I remember. That was a good drink by the way. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Thank well, good you. Good for you. Yeah. Um, OK. So I'm going to start because I've got a lot of material to get through in this cocktail. Are you cool with that? I am. Because usually we chit-chat a little bit, right? But we can no. chit-chat throughout. And based on the third level of your drink card, <laughs> you've got a lot of paperwork to do for this drink as well. So Marco has the drinks on the top. <laughs> Just a couple of glasses on the second row. I'm going to post a picture of this. And just a bunch of paperwork at the bottom. Just a pile of all his taxes or something. Why I don't know you got to pull there. the curtain away? I, why, why are you going to do that? <laughs> Look, it's my own ADD. How do I think about it and not mention it? All right. Let's have a great drink here. All right. So today we're going to do one of the highball cocktails or the highball drinks. And its base is going to be gin. And I like to do this every once in a while because I can make a slew of different fancy schmancy cocktails. But when it comes to the basics, you got to know the basics too. So today I'm going to talk about gin. And you're a fan of gin, Big right? fan. I'm not. Gin is not my thing. Really? Yeah, I just don't. Just In uh, none of its forms. I'll drink it, but it's never my go-to. Just a quick aside yeah, here. please. Until two years ago, gin, not my thing. Mm-hmm. I was you. Really? You're just like me before, but you could be like me. Basically, what happened was uh, I'd eaten a meal with these people I didn't really know. Now I'm full. Beer. I was just like, beer's the go-to. Beer's, beer's the thing. go-to. Okay, yeah. And then um, maybe three years ago now. And then uh, I'm like, what are, you, what are you having? And he goes, here, have a sip. And it's this drink. Mm-hmm. I take a sip. I'm like, that's delicious. He goes, he'll have one. He tells yeah. the waiter, he'll have one. Um, single or double, sir? And I'm about to say single. is double. This so friend I, of yours. This friend this of mine now. who I've just met. Okay. We're a friend now, but okay. we just met. Anyway, we had eight of them by the end. What it was was double Hendrix. Okay. Okay. Rocks, double Hendrix, tonic with slivers of cucumber. Very important, I found out later. If you put a cucumber spear, you're not getting the same thing. You're getting cucumber slices, you're not getting anything. You take a peeler and you peel down and you have slivers of cucumber. You can roll them up and put them on a a toothpick of some kind or bamboo seed. And that drink became my drink to the point where I'd arrive at people's homes, Hendrix in one hand, 
cucumber in the other. Oh, wow. Because I'm like, I can't trust anybody in this cucumber. Fair, anyway, fair. so I became I, – and that got me in the gin. That was the um, – what's that called? The gateway. Sure. That was the gateway tipping drink. Point. And now I love gin. See, I have a my, – my disdain for – Gin it comes from me is such being, a strong word. Yeah, being 17 years old and working as a bar server at a country club, a fancy schmancy country club, where I served a lot of these mm, old stock Canadians, let's say. So Did they hurt you? No. Did they touch you, Marco? No, Did those people? Okay, right. No, no, none. none of, thankfully, none of that happened. But what would happen is I would serve these white English Canadians, so uh, Canadians of English background. Uh, the worst, am I right? right? I'm not saying that this country club slash golf course was a... It's rich people. What do you want? Yeah, it's rich people, yeah. right? And so these old women that kind of had that old English woman smell to them, right? So like stale lavender, <laughs> rose water that has been sitting out for too long, um, you know, and... They had like, you know, that odd white hair on the chin that grew just so long that it kind of curled at the tip. These were the women who would order gin drinks. Okay, so for me, gin has always been a drink I associate with old, smelly, white Canadian ladies. You're, All right. you're ruining one of my favorites. Okay, sorry, time. sorry. Now that I've <laughs> now that I've become an adult, did they mistreat you as well? Were they? I, I thought this whole thing was about. Well, like they, they were. They were they particularly were nice. Let right, me tell right, you, they okay. kind of looked at my name tag and knew that I wasn't of their stock, and sure. they kind of like you know. Well, you're working there, which yeah, means you're yeah. not of their stock. I was 17. Yeah. Whatever. Who knows? I was yeah. probably full of piss and vinegar myself. So, okay. so let's just say me and that that type of woman did not dovetail well. I would serve them. They would be gracious. That's about it. I would try to get away from the smell. So now that I'm older and wiser, I have an appreciation for gin. It's not my favorite. I per- take tequila over gin personally, but I can respect it and I can value people who enjoy it. Okay. Okay. So that's where that's where my gin journey has come. So let's talk about gin for a second. So gin is a short, a short form for the older English word Geneva. Are related to the French word of Genève, is that right? Genève, sure. Yeah, sure. Genevieve. Yeah, which is from the Dutch word Genever uh, and ultimately derives from Juniperus, which is the Latin word for juniper. And juniper is the main component of the aromatic spirit we know as gin. Has anybody ever in your bartending career said, I'll have a Ginever, please? No. No. Thankfully, you'd probably slap them. I'd be like, no. This isn't the bar for you. <laughs> Bunch of ice in their face. Get out uh, of here. So do you know what juniper is? It's a berry. It's a berry from a, uh evergreen shrub. I didn't realize. Actually, it's more of a cone than a berry. Okay. Yeah. So because, you know, evergreens being in Canada, we have these kind of trees and shrubs everywhere. They don't really produce fruit. They produce more Cones, and sure. it's not like a pine cone. It's a smaller berry cone, let's say. This is also why gin is found in colder climates often, ah. right? Because of these evergreen trees, sure. Love it. Yeah. Um, so these these juniper bushes can be trimmed and sculpted and, and whatever. I couldn't I couldn't pick out a juniper shrub if you, if you paid me to. But one thing that I found interesting about juniper berries is that um, you got to be careful because they have – how do I put this? Okay. So there's a risk uh, of miscarriages if you have a lot of juniper, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. So uh, in even in small doses. So that's if you're like eating junipers, not necessarily 
drinking gin. Oh, wow. But I would recommend if you're pregnant, probably it's not best for you to drink gin or any spirit for that matter. All right. Uh, so it also can affect people who are breastfeeding and people with diabetes, bleeding disorders, and you should not have gin after surgery. All right. Tradition. Now you're just telling people what to do. Huh? Who made you look, boss here? Look, huh? I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> but I've read some information on Wikipedia. Okay. So that's what I'm going to say there. Traditionally, juniper juniper was used in medicines and used for birth control, for female birth control. So Okay. So this is crazy, man. Yeah. That's why I was – That's at, why you, you could be prone to miscarriage from juniper because that's what – it has some sort of effect. Like oh I said, I'm not God. a doctor. You're not a doctor, though you you don't know that about well, me. Well, you you've played doctors on TV, times, right? Yeah. So, okay, as a TV doctor, yeah, I you know I played a forensic pathologist, and if 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 memory serves, there was a dead body that showed up, and the reason they were dead, <laughs> juniper overdose. So, okay, so you're right. You got okay. you're onto something there. So beware that. So. Juniper is the sort of main ingredient to gin, and that's what makes gin gin. But there's other aromatics or other things in gin. So it's a wide range of herbal ingredients, uh, and it differs on the on the brand of gin that you use. But here are just a few of the ingredients. I'm just going to rattle them off. Give stop them me, me whenever you want, all right? So it, <laughs> I go stop before you start. <laughs> it's enough already. No, I'd like to know. Okay, so citrus elements like lemon and bitter orange peel, lime peel, grapefruit peel, anise, Am I saying that right? Star sure. Anise, sure. Okay. Anise, anise. Angelica root or seed. Oris root. Oris is a the root of an iris flower. I looked that up. So in case you were <laughs> uh, I was like, what's oris? Uh, licorice root, cinnamon, almond, uh, cubeb, uh, which is often called the Java pepper. So it's like a pepper, but not quite a pepper. So okay. it looks like a pepper. Savory, dragon eye. Do you know what dragon eye is? No. Longan, longan berries are also called dragon eye, but I like dragon eye. It almost sounds like gin is like a mystical concoction that a witch would put together, right? Sure. Some dragon sure. eye. Yeah, exactly. This is really root. like a witch's brew. This yeah. uh, Genevieve is becoming here. Okay. Uh, saffron, baobab, frankincense, coriander, grains of paradise. Do you know what grains of paradise are? No. It's uh, a species in the ginger family. Okay. Uh, but how nice is that? Grains of paradise. I love it. I brought you some grains of paradise. Yeah. Nutmeg, cassia bark. Um, so all these are and just at the bottom. You have dried monkey fetus. There's a lot of uh, like, exciting stuff in there. Yeah, yeah, like you know, depending on the on the, on the depending on the brand of on the brand. So um, we talked about bruising gin on our film episode. Remember when we were talking about the Vesper Martini? Yeah. So, um, are you bruising gin, or are you bru- bruising the ingredient that goes into the gin? You're bruising. So, I didn't really define it then. So, I'd like to define it now. What bruising gin is now? If you go online, there's a lot of different theories and controversies with regards to the term bruising gin. Some people say they've done taste tests where they've shaken uh, gin and they've stirred it, or they haven't must with it at all. And the people who drink it or taste it say they don't notice a difference. But here are three sort of aspects to bruising gin in case you're like, what does that mean? So shaking gin releases oils found in the juniper berry, which is an ingredient main component in gin, and it produces a sharper or bruised taste. So if you – this is one theory. If you shake gin, that's why I had mentioned you should never shake a gin martini. You bruise it and it makes a sharper taste. For me, it also makes it cloudy and that's not the beauty of an aromatic drink. You would not necessarily shake 
a cognac, which also has aromatic feels, and, and you know you have it in a snifter glass so that you can smell those things. And I don't think I would ever shake a cognac if I was going to serve it to you in a snifter. Noted. All right. Another theory is agitating uh, and therefore aerating the gin, so causing air to go into the uh, liquid, uh, changes its taste and makes it more sharper, and it imparts a zing or a bite to it. So if that's not your thing, it has like a sharpness, as I mentioned before. But the definition of gin bruising that I like the best comes from Shannon Stewart, a research science scientist from MIT. And she's an avid gin drinker. And I got this from an article. <laughs> Drunk at work, Shannon. Wait, listen, if you're going to. What's happening in those labs at MIT? If you're a scientist at MIT, I mean, a little, a little shot of gin's not going <laughs> to. You've earned it. You've earned it. Yeah. yeah. This is taken from an article from Tales of the Cocktail Foundation. All right. So she says a complex mixture of odor is generally divided into three parts. So when you're looking at uh, a scent, we're looking at notes, right? So the top note, and I talk about this with coffee, right, is its perfume. It's also known as the head note. So when you're, um, you know how people will sniff wine? Mm-hmm. They're they're smelling the notes. The top notes is that perfume note. That's where you're going to smell the like, I smell rose. I smell blueberry. I smell whatnot, right? The middle note is the heart note. And the base note is the fixative note. So with an aromatic like gin, you want the top note. And uh, the most attractive notes of juniper and cinnamon, which are two ingredients often found in gin, are going to be that top note. So when you agitate gin... By shaking it, you're causing those top notes to dissipate. So those bits of pine and botanicals that I uh, that you might look forward those are to, top notes, yeah, they become dull and they're not as crisp. Um, the end result is a cocktail that's not crisp, and it's uh, you know what we call bruising. I love it. I mean, I would have just said, "Don't shake your drink." That's what mm-hmm. I would have left that at. But Fair. you are a mixologist. And well, this I is just. What- I wanted people you... to know because it's it's so it's so kind of arrogant of me to say, well, don't bruise your gin and then yeah, not yeah, yeah, define yeah, it. No. People are like, but what does that mean? I hear it, but I don't know what no, that means. Absolutely. Right? And I think when somebody gives a little extra information, then you have a little bit more faith and trust as well. You're like, oh, there's a good reason to do this. Uh, my favorite thing about all of that is yep. that Shannon Stewart is a, is a research scientist in uh, – in the booze world. Like, I just feel like she was a kid and everyone was like, she'll never amount to anything. She right. drinks too much. Right. And now she's like, I'll show you. I'll go to MIT and use drinking as uh, as science. Yeah, I don't know if she focuses on alcohol in particular. But if Shannon you don't Stewart, mind, I would like listen, to say she does. Listen, Shannon, <laughs> no, Shannon. Shannon. Shannon, tell us what do you do. Tell us what you do. Help us define this. Are these actually your words um, or am I just misquoting you? All right. So – uh, as I mentioned before, <clears throat> gin and tonic is a highball cocktail. So a highball cocktail is traditionally served in a highball glass. It's a family of alcoholic drinks that are composed of alcoholic bases or alcohol bases in large proportion with one other alcohol with a, one other liquid base. So, for example, the Cuba Libra that we did before would be a highball. highball. Even though there's a line a going cocktail. in, we don't consider that. Mm-hmm. We're saying the Coke is the other, basically right. the other. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, and like a seven, a seven and seven would be one. Terrible. And soda. You don't like seven and seven? Nah, oh, I so love sweet. it. Too sweet. Oh man, you still like seven up to be. Oh honest. yeah, you don't. You yeah, don't. Yeah, that's fair for me. So let me make you a gin and tonic before I go on, because I feel like if I don't do it now, I'm just going to be talking about gin, <laughs> and you're not going to enjoy it as much. Right? Sure. Are you cool if I make you a gin and tonic? Uh, yeah, yeah, man. All right, yeah, I am using cool. Hendrix gin. Hendrix in the house, which hey, you—it's not your favorite either. No, it's say, not my right? favorite. It's, it happens to be the uh, gin that I bought at the airport. You know, when you go to duty free, I bought the gin, Hendrix gin, <laughs> and and Hendrix goes well with. 
cucumber, like you said. But yeah. you're not going to get cucumber because I'm making you a, a G&T, a gin and tonic in, in its classic form. I'm flexible, buddy. All is forgiven. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I can't believe this guy didn't put my favorite ingredient in my favorite drink when I told him exactly what to do. I'm, you know. You're making me a drink, and I'm right, grateful. Great. So highball glass <laughs> yes. is a tall glass, yeah. a tall, skinny glass, and I put some ice in it, my friend. And what I'm going to do is uh, there are different sort of ratios for gin and tonics depending on who you talk to. Uh, people say it's one-to-one, so one part gin, one part uh, tonic, which is going to be That's a very strong stiff, drink. Yeah. Or one-to-three, which I think is more classically appropriate. I'm going to give you two ounces of gin because it is only 11 o'clock in the morning. So uh, – <laughs> Well, why not get you soused? I'm going to give you uh, uh, two ounces of gin. I'm just pouring that in now. And then I'm going to top you up with tonic. And, and, you know, people will say a gin and tonic is really dependent on the ingredients you use. So if you Mm -hmm. use great quality gin and tonic, you're going to have a beautiful experience. You agree with this? You said people will say. What do you think people say? If I use a dollar store tonic... Yeah. Versus what you're doing right now, which is a brand called Fever True. No, what is this? Boylan it's Heritage Tonic. Boylan. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. From Brooklyn, New York. So shout out to them. Okay. You let me know how their how their tonic sure. is. Sure. Um, I think if you use a decent gin, it doesn't have to be a top top gin, and a standard tonic, you're good. Now. A lot of these tonics will have um, high, high fructose corn syrup in them now or aspartame. That right. might not be your thing. So use the tonic that you like best. I now, like that advice. Tonic, some people use it. So what I'm going to do is I've, I've put in that gin. I've put in the tonic. I'm going to give it a little stir. I'm not going to go crazy because I don't want to bruise your gin, my right. friend. Right? Just give it a little stir so it, it incorporates with the uh, tonic that I just put in there. And now – I'm going to give you a lime. I'll let you squeeze it in if you like to do that. Sure. Otherwise, you drink it how you wish. And there is your gin and tonic, my friend. <clears throat> I like to do a thing uh, when somebody's made me a drink like this mm. with so much care and effort. I like to do it. You know, at a restaurant, you eat before salting. Sure. And then you salt or, oh. or add hot sauce. Let me see how it tastes oh, without I, the lime. I respect that, my friend. I, res- I don't respect much of you, but I do respect the fact that I'll you're going to – take gonna... it wherever I can get it, buddy. <laughs> that you're going to drink the, the drink before you squeeze the lime so you can get both sort yeah. of aspects of it. How, how are you feeling about that gin and tonic? Is it I all right? I may not squeeze the lime. You may I not. like it. Oh. I like it very much. Do I, you? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Is I, that the very... right proportion for you, my friend? It really is. Okay. Good. It really is. And and Ali's not going to say it just to appease me because he's not that type of person. No, not but... at all. While you while you talk uh, uh, a little bit more about stuff, I want to look at this Boylan Heritage tonic. I want to talk about tonic, actually. Tonic okay. water or Indian tonic water, as it was once known, is a carbonated soft drink which has quinine in it. Am I saying that right? Quinine? Quinine or quinine. quinine. Okay. Yeah, well, depends. Pakistanis say quinine, but quinine, quinine yeah. Okay, quinine. Thank you. Uh, it was originally used as a prophylactic, pro- prophylactic, not prophylactic as a, as, a, as a condom, but a prophylactic against malaria. So a lot of people know that you use Well, that's it. when I've had it. When I go to Pakistan, oh, when really? I was 15, you have to take these incredibly bitter pills. Yeah. And when I see the word, it, there's literally like this level of post-traumatic stress where I remember that horrible – because I don't know what was going on in the 80s, but they didn't have coded tablets. So you had to taste that (laughs) disgusting salt – on your and it's more than so it's very very bitter. Yeah, and and it, it's once again it's a it's an ingredient that can be a little bit dangerous. So you have to be careful with that. Now, so, so much danger. Tonic water came when the Brits were like, we can't have this quinine like that. It's just too bitter. It's too strong. It's too, it's too gross. In other words, so they mixed it with soda water, and hence 
tonic water was born. Okay, so the canine is what made – that was the original differentiator between soda water and tonic water. It was canine and then they've added other ingredients to it? No. So to make tonic water, what yeah. they did was they took canine, yeah. which the Brits were taking because of their work or their yeah, sure, colonization. Sure. Yeah, yeah when Indian. you're colonizing in dangerous places, you got to be careful. When God. you're being brutal in parts of the world and you don't <laughs> want to get – God forbid something should happen to, to you, you, then right? who's going to colonize? Exactly. So understand. what they did was like to mask the – like to help digest or make it more palatable, they, put they it added in soda, soda water. water. Ah, okay. And so, hence tonic water was This formed. is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, but But since then – We've added other ingredients to tonic water to make it just an interesting drink. Right? Well, yes, we've we've but, sweetened it up. Now you can get diet tonic waters. Uh, you you know. can also get uh, key lime, lemon, and bitter orange extracts, as they've done at the uh, Boylan Heritage. How do you Company like that tonic? Here. I'm actually going to try really that tonic. Like I would like to try just the tonic. Then I'll throw some gin in my glass. And I'm not a huge fan of tonic water myself. Okay, but I think it's because I haven't had really fancy tonic water. Uh, so. We get canine yeah, uh, sure, from sure, the bark so. of the ramija, uh, or you can get it from uh, the uh, sinoca, cincona plant. I can't. Yeah. Uh, Everybody, listen, go s- out there and get your ramija and your cincona by yourself. Don't don't let the the, the man give you canine. Go- these are these – are, Oh, this, this tonic is, is nice. This tonic is, is really nice actually. It has – okay. So I'm going to put some gin in my tonic and I'm going to put some lime. Even though I don't love gin and tonics, I'm going to have it with you because – Thank you. As I found out recently, there's an expression in Italian, chi non beve in compagnia o el ladro o espia, which translates to he who doesn't drink in company is, is either, either a thief or a spy. And I don't wow. want you to think I'm a thief or wow. a spy. Wow. So wow. I will a drink. That's a lose-lose situation. Like, huh? you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be that, that person. I'm going to drink with you so I, you know that I'm, I'm, I'm honest. You know why they say that, right? Because um, you're a spy because if you don't drink, you could reveal things. Right. Right? So you got to keep your mind. And a thief because you're taking advantage of somebody else as they drink and you will be taking advantage of them, of them in some horrible way. That might be – my favorite gin and tonic I've ever had. So All kudos right. to the people at Hendrix. Kudos to the people at Boylan Heritage. And kudos to me who made this drink today. <laughs> the gin and tonic. Kudos. Kudos to your open-mindedness finally about gin. Now, if if this drink is a little bit too harsh for you, you can always – the beautiful. I will say the beautiful thing about a gin and tonic is you can alter it by adding cucumbers like you mentioned or a little bit of fruit juice like apple or cranberry or orange. It can um, add a little sort of lightness and a little bit of sweetness to a drink that doesn't necessarily have that. But – the beauty of drinking a gin and tonic like this, plain and simple, is you can taste and feel the botanicals that are in that gin, in my opinion. Yeah. So there you go. So that's that's gin, my friend. It's great. It's a classic, and I really like it. And the, I think the problem is uh, once you start having some of the best gin mm-hmm. and the best tonics, hard to take that step down, right? Somebody excitedly sure. makes you a gin and tonic, but the tonic water is, uh, you know, 99 From the cent, like two, said, sure. two liter bottle, mm-hmm. and the gin is just some random gin that didn't really, you know, nobody's thinking about what it goes with. Sure. It's gonna, yeah, it's tough to stay. Um, I guess I'm a purist now. That's Listen, you, you turned me into a gin snob. I hope you're happy with yourself. And, I, and I've, I, I will concede that gin is not for old ladies anymore. <laughs> good, good. All right. Let's go to food. 
Finally, enough of this uh, jibber jabber from you. Huh? I'm just kidding. You're talking about my favorite booze. I loved it, but and you're you're presenting you're presenting us with all these dangerous things. Yeah. Juniper, who knows what could happen? The other stuff, the canine, who knows what could happen? These all, uh, there's no danger in what there's I'm about no to danger. present. Okay. This is now. I'd love you to try it right away while it's still okay, warm. Okay. I'll try it. Put your gin on here so it doesn't it doesn't fall sure. on your equipment there. All right, I'm going to try this. Uh, it looks like fish to me. Uh, right. I'm going to say an oily fish. Don't be, don't be so pedestrian, <laughs> Marco. No, it, it is cod. Oh, my God. And here's the thing. This was going to be the Valentine's Day meal. Because we Can have, I eat all this? Or, of course, or, of course. Oh. We, have a, we have a bunch of cod uh, in our freezer. I really like cod. And when we had talked about this doing This is beautiful. Right? i got to stop you. This is yeah. fantastic. Oh, great, great, Oh, great, my great, God. Right. The flavors. This is amazing. Do you know how simple it, this thing is? It's unbelievable. It, the, okay, I'm gonna let you finish talking. Yeah, yeah, go. And I'm just gonna enjoy. <laughs> good, okay, good. Go. I like that. He's, he's not always like this. Sometimes no. he's uh, he a takes bastard. one bite and then uh, crumples some tissue on it, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, he didn't like it. What a jerk. <laughs> this was going to be the Valentine's Day meal, and the wait, reason... am I eating your leftovers? Is that what's happening no, right no, now? You, of, of course not, uh, Marco. <laughs> I always prepare for you and you alone. Uh, <laughs> These are not Valentine's Day. Yes. My wife and I made love over that plate earlier. Stop it. Eat it. I'm joking. I feel good. No, there was no Valentine's for us in the end. We have children. Uh, we weren't able to break away. Uh, but I did make this, this, I'm this gonna nice meal. I'm going to that when I talk about it. Okay, so sure. Put that for a second. Here's the thing. Cod, you know, if you're not a big seafood fan, if you don't like stuff that tastes fishy, quote unquote, you don't want to be picking through uh, bones necessarily sure. at a, 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 during a, a, a romantic meal. Cod is for you. Incredibly versatile. It has this, um, I'm going to say like a natural sweetness. Not overly sweet, no. but it has this natural no. sweetness. So when you add basic ingredients to it, like even butter. It brings out even more sweetness. And really, what you're eating right now is a little bit of uh, pan-fried cod yes. with butter, salt, pepper, a little bit of Turkish pepper. Butter or And tea? some chili flakes. Butter this butter, time, okay. buddy. That okay. went with the butter yeah. this time. And Turkish, what do you say, Turkish? Turkish pepper. It's basically like these uh, slightly spicy red pepper flakes. So it's okay. a red pepper, Turkish yep. pepper, like red balls of pepper, yep. like peppercorns, like pepper you could corn. say, right? So red peppercorns you could use if you can't find Turkish pepper, and then uh, a few chili flakes, and then lime juice. And often what I do yeah. also, I use uh, lime or lemon uh, zest on it. It's, it's fascinating. It's so damn simple. You know, it has a multi-ethnic taste to it. It tastes kind of Mediterranean. Yes. It tastes kind of Mexican because yeah. of the lime. It tastes... Uh, buttery in French. So it's like this yeah. pan, pan-ethnic food that I'm it, I'm just loving. Yeah. This is a great Valentine's Day dish because, man, I want to make love to this dish, let alone the person I'm enjoying it with. Great. Um, <laughs> uh, like you said, there's a, there's a, a delicate sweetness to cod um, that uh, any item you bring with it sort of uplifts or adds to the dish without over – especially right. you don't want to use overpowering ingredients. No, this you fish. do not want to overdo it at all. Absolutely. And in fact, what we had yesterday was just some steamed quinoa, this fish, and then corn and peas sautéed in uh, in some garlic butter. That was the entire meal. Very, very simple. I chopped up some mint in the corn cod? and peas. This is not a black cod. Okay. So I'm going to get to black okay, cod. Okay, great. Okay. My first experience with cod was black cod. Black okay. cod, some of you will know, also known as sable fish. Yep. It's... Uh, it shouldn't necessarily be your your first experience because it really does spoil you. Yeah, it really does spoil you. It is something that is so delicious. 
Pardon me. And I was going to these uh, Japanese restaurants, mm. and they would have this miso black cod, and I barely knew what miso was. Right. Never mind what black cod was. And uh, and I fell in love with that dish immediately. And that is something. If you look up black cod recipes, you will see often something like sweet. Sure. So you can find you know some, maybe like a brown sugar or something like that. Uh, often some sort of vinegar for a little bit of tartness, mm. a little bit of rice wine vinegar or mirin vinegar, and then uh, and then uh, just. A, uh, that's it. You don't. You don't. You don't need much else. Right. You know. Then a little bit of miso. If you wanted to add spice, you can. But even that, I think, in very. And I never say add spice in tiny uh, portions. Sure. But for 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 cod, I will say you don't need it to be spicy at all. It's a delicate, delicious, sweet fish. And and you're right. It's not sweet, but there's a, a inherent delicate sweetness to it um, that you don't want to. You don't want to overpower it or kill it or over marinate it or like cook it too long. Like this yeah. is not a fish I would blacken. Is that fair to say? Yeah. If I mean, you could very quickly, right. perhaps. So another thing I did uh, yesterday because it was a lot of cod. Mm-hmm. This is cod loin in particular, which you know I have a problem with that term because the cod, loin fish don't have fish loins, don't have loins. I know you it's the that cod before. filet. It's the cod. It's the the. Best cut of the fish, if it's you the will. Best cut yeah. of the fish. Okay. Whatever yeah. makes you happy. All right. Okay. I know you're in a very romantic mood right now. After you <laughs> ate that, I don't want to ruin that. It's beautiful. Like I almost, I, I might have to change my pants, my friend. It was so good. So then, there, it's okay. a great time to it's talk right. about loins, isn't <laughs> okay, it? If not fair. now, then when? Okay. Okay. I'll, so, I'll, I'll concede to that. There's something called zatar. I don't know if you know what yes. zatar is. Zatar is a blend of thyme and sesame seeds and uh, used in, in Middle Eastern cooking. So what I did is I dusted uh, cod loin in, um, in a coconut flour. No, not a coconut flour. Sorry. Um, uh, You're lying to Chickpea flour. Okay. Chickpea flour. No, we try to go like very low sure. gluten. So I was right. like, what was the gluten-free one we did? And we have this coconut flour. <laughs> but for the fish, uh, I did what's called basin, chickpea flour. The basin is the uh, the Hindi word for, okay. for this flour. Basin like a like a, a wash basin? Like- B-E-S-A-N, basin. basin. When you have pakoras, yes. right, uh, that's that's the flour that's oh, always okay. used. Yes, it's always of course. chickpea flour. Of course. Thank um, you for that. So I dusted in that, then a little bit of an egg wash, and then into this sesame and thyme, you know, just a bowl of it, and then salt. And that was it. And it was fantastic. But for you, my friend, went special, special request. I made one just in butter because I wanted to show off the simplicity of cod. So when you have it, if you have it frozen, you want to make sure you dry it out. You don't want it to Mm. be too wet. It's a lot of paper towels you're going to go through. Uh, as far as ingredients, man, butter, lemon, salt, pe- it's on hand for everybody. And then you can experiment with other stuff. Herbs will often be great on this. You can bring out uh, a little bit more, you know, sexiness with some uh, cilantro or some mint. It, it's very versatile because you can really jazz it up in whatever style you want. I yeah. feel like you can make it very, uh, you know, uh, Baja with a lot of mm, uh, limes and, sure. and uh, spices from that area of the world, or you can make it a very, very Mediterranean yeah. um, with the various spices, or Middle Eastern, sure. or have that Turkish flair to it. Sure, um, uh, and adding to that, another thing is uh, uh, if you go West Indian, you know, yeah. you can do some kind of like a a, a pineapple and 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 pepper salsa, that kind of thing. Japanese know? with the miso, like you were Japanese saying, with the miso, uh, yeah. cod as a fish. There's so much uh, history and um, 
tragic tragicness with cod Absolutely. and the cod stocks in Canada. Yeah, 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 and there's yeah, yeah, books yeah. that are written specifically on this one fish. And it's so versatile a fish. Like this is delicate. And yet cod is not necessarily a delicate fish. You could you could dry cod and make a bacala and have it like Exactly. Like there's so much that so this is the funny exactly right. It's yeah. the poor man's fish. Yes. Uh, and so if you serve cod at a nice gathering, people might be like, what the heck? But, right. you know, black cod is delicious and yeah. it's expensive. Sure. Uh, and just uh, some of the ideas for as you talk about recipes, cod with olives and crispy pancetta. Nice. Doesn't that sound great? Yes. Uh, chipotle cod tacos. Oh. Fish and chips. You can have cod as fish and chips. Uh, roast cod with a, a cauliflower puree. Right? Just sitting in a bed of uh, roasted uh, cauliflower. Uh, I feel herb like and garlic. Yeah, yeah, tell me. It's tell. like, you know that Bugs Bunny episode where Elmer Fudd or Daffy Duck is telling uh, Bugs Bunny all the dishes you can make rabbit with? And yeah. he tells all the duck dishes you can make? I feel like that's what you're doing right now. <laughs> I have not seen if it. I was a cod, that's how I would feel. It's, uh, and in the end, just also as far as dishes go, like one, one pot, one pan, if you're going to fry it, yeah. or one pot in the oven, that's it. Doesn't take a lot. You now, know? you mentioned, Ali, that you should. Um, Remove the moisture, the water from it using yeah. many paper towels. Why do we do that with fish? I see so many restu- recipes, I should say, that say um, to dry your fish with paper towels. It has enough moisture in it. Mm-hmm. You saw how delicate that oh, was, yeah. right? It just sort of falls apart and yeah. flakes. And that's after removing the moisture. So you can imagine if it was like kind of soaked, it gets a little bit messy. It, it would gets fall a little apart. bit too flaky. Cat yeah. food. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I'm glad you said canned food after you finished eating. No, I mean like you know when it falls apart like that and it's all like, like almost like tuna, like you know, like uh, what's Absolutely. it called, like uh, a flaky tuna. tuna. Yeah, type of thing. and that's sure. not what you want with a delicate piece of fish like this. No, you don't. And I just wanted to, you know, there's a, as you said, a lot of history about cod. Uh, industries have been saved. Yes. Uh, industries have been lost yeah. because of cods. And uh, yeah, Canada has a, a interesting history with it. New England has an interesting history with sure. uh, cod. Um, yeah, people's lives depended on it. You know, mm-hmm. same thing. If you go to Portugal, it was the same thing. That uh, bacalao, bacalao was. Yeah. Uh, God forbid there wasn't cod. You yeah. know, what were you going to do? Um, and Newfoundland here in in Canada, the cod's been a huge issue. But I just wanted to give a shout out also uh, on a positive note yes. to uh, the Hotel Nelligan. Yeah, you were you were mentioning something before we well, went on there. So tell me about I this. Ate, this is I, in Montreal, right? This is in Montreal. So this is in old Montreal. It's not one of the sexier, hipper restaurants, but it, it is it is very solid. They know what they're doing. And I was staying at a hotel right across the street. So we would have long days of shooting. So I went to Montreal uh, probably eight weeks in the summer. Right. You were filming uh, something. For, we were filming a show, this, okay. this, this CBS summer show that It'll be on CBS next summer. And uh, we would get in. We would have to go to some remote location, Joliet, an hour and a half away from the city. And I'd come back. And on the drive, this is what started happening, that I would call the Hotel Nelligan and I would ask for Odette. Uh, I think it was Odette. It It was a very French name, whatever it was. Sure. And she'd be like, yes. And I said, my name is Ali. I was here last week. I just want to make sure you have the cod. We have the cod, sir, but you have to be here before this time. Like, no problem. We're going to make yes. it. And one time, they dropped me off with my bag and all that, and I just kept my bag with me. It was like right at the wire because the black cod they were making there was so good. And wow. I was like, I don't know when and where I'm going to have this. You're not gonna, you can't feed a family of six black cod all the time. Right. So for me, and I get a little bit of a per diem to spend, right. my per diem was basically going to cod in the yeah. summer. And it was uh, it was delicious. And this is what inspired me to go buy 
a bunch of cod. Now, we've kept it in the freezer. And so we brought it out originally inspired for Valentine's Day. But I feel like what I've done to you and for you today, uh, who needs a Valentine's? No, it's this is <clears throat> if you love someone, serve them this. That's what I'm saying. All right? If you brought catfish. I'd know how you feel about me. You brought me cod. I really know how you feel. No, I love catfish. I shouldn't disparage catfish. But this was this was gorgeous. I guess it's true. In cod, we trust because it is so wonderful. One of the funnier things is if you look up cod, the first mm. thing that will come up is Call of Duty. A hundred links to the video game Call of Duty. Why is that? Because that's the new COD, buddy. Oh. That's, that's taken over okay. cod. However legendary and historic COD might be, right. there's a new COD in town, Call of, COD, Call of Duty, the game. But Codfish, you look up Codfish, codfish. you find hundreds and hundreds of recipes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of them are like curried cod and all this. My personal feeling is, and, you know, I am I was made from curry. I come from curry. I sure. love curry. My personal feeling is you don't got to do a lot. Okay. You don't, gotta, you don't have to go through a whole curry thing with cod. Maybe one this curry thing. leaf. Maybe a curry leaf. Maybe a curry leaf. Enjoy yourself. Go out on a limb. Throw a curry leaf in there. Uh, but besides, oh, and if, for people who are wondering about like, um, you know, overfishing and this kind yes. of stuff, Atlantic cod is overfished. Yes. So if you find cod from uh, from other locations, you can uh, you can eat it with a clean conscience. There you as go. Well. There you go. I, I want to just mention one thing that's a little bit off topic, and that's a love letter to Montreal. If you live in North America and you have not been to Montreal, do, don't. Don't bother going to Paris. Don't bother going to uh, Argentina. Do yourself a favor and go to Montreal. Go to Quebec. Go to Quebec City. It is a jewel in North America. And if you haven't been to Montreal for the cuisine, for the people, for the nightlife – you're re- for old Montreal, the history. Yeah, you're really missing out. And in fact, to your point, one of my buddies mm-hmm. came for a uh, for a wedding in mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> in um, Montreal from Chicago, and he was like, "Man, it's like Europe at a third of the price. Right. Why are we like?" He goes, "I've been saving up for these European vacations, and I got to go to France and this and that." He goes, "This is this gives me everything I need mm-hmm. for way less," and I always remember that. And, and and I think uh, that's what you're suggesting also, yeah. that you – there's tons of history. Sure, you can get more in France. But also, look, you only have a few days. Yeah. The travel time is like a third potentially. Uh, cost is way less and uh, and it's exciting. And I would, I would argue that the cuisine in Quebec, Montreal in particular, is some of the finest in the world. And one of my favorite, I, one of my favorite restaurants, and I've said it on this program many times before, and I hate to say it again because I, I don't want it to get inundated with people, and then I can't get in. But provisions in Outremont for me is just wonderful. Pablo out there is is a genius. The chefs in there are just fantastic. It is my number one restaurant in the world, and I'm not saying that because I'm Canadian. In the world, in the world it is my favorite place. And that's all I'm going to say. And you've eaten. This is not a guy I'm, who's I'm, been. I'm uh, robust. I'm yeah. husky. I'm not. I'm not a slim Jim. You know. I know. In I know what world, to put in my mouth. That is yeah. huge. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you still we'll, have uh, to go there, my friend. I still have to go there. Maybe I'll take you because it seems like you. I got to hold your hand, walk you in there. You'll hear my bad French. Eat and drink hits the road. Yeah. Come on, we do a series, huh? We leave our wives. We hit. I mean, not forever, no, but, but just for, for you know, yeah, seven eat. days yeah. or five days. Yeah. Okay, we were on to something. All I don't right. know if this is the gin and the cod talking. <laughs> I don't know if it's the the cod made with love and the uh, the gin and tonic, which is one of my favorites. Uh, probably one of my favorite gin and tonics ever. Yay! 
but I'm feeling good. All right. Well, I know what I'm not going to be feeling good in a second. No, you're not. All right, and, let me... uh, and but I will be, and All that's right. what's important. I think I'm, I'm going to put on the blindfold. All right. <laughs> what's in Marco's mouth? That's right. What's in Marco's mouth? It's nothing dirty. Really guessing, really messing. Let's find out. What's in Marco's mouth? See, that's what's important. And and uh, and the the theme music has played. Yes, great. All right, I'm unwrapping. Oh, this sounds <laughs> mysterious. Now this really. And uh, it's, that's never a good thing. This maniacal it. laugh doesn't help either. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. This I'm going to give you a small bite of this. Okay. Um, I'm going to let you. Are you smell putting it in my first. hand? Oh, no, I'm, I'm going to let okay. you smell. Get right. your get your nose uh, away from your microphone. Okay. I'm just Give go it a sniff. Front. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Exactly. It's got it's got a um, chipotle pepper kind of smell. It has a, um, a like a Tex-Mex kind of feel to it. It's got that um, paprika, smoked paprika kind of smell to it. It almost smells like. Um, it's it's rich and savory. I haven't tasted it yet, and uh, <laughs> I'm ready to I'm ready to okay. feed it to you. Okay. But I thought okay. you were on a roll. No, no, I just that's just the smell that I'm getting from it. I'm gonna say it's red or brownish in color. That that spice that's been put in there. All right, okay. so now uh, gonna... not in your hand, but right okay. in your okay. mouth. Here. Open okay. your mouth. Oh man, it's hot. It's spicy. Okay. There, okay. So what I'm tasting here is some sort of leafy kind of uh, um, pickled berry, almost like a caper in a Southwest sauce, in a Southwest uh, paprika, capers and paprika, um, uh, something like that. Can I have another taste? That's not correct. Okay. That is not correct. Okay. <laughs> hey, okay. I was talking to the listeners. How dare you? Okay. It would be a, okay, a weird okay. thing. Capers and I give you capers and smoked paprika. <laughs> that's that's when we get to like a desperate place where I'm like I've run out of ingredients. A couple years from now, you might have capers and smoked paprika. Okay, how many ingredients am I am I dealing with here? Two, two. Damn it. Okay. Okay, smoked so paprika is the spice. I have to identify this pickled item that the spice is in, which makes no sense to me. Can I have it in my hand? I feel like I'm... Uh, you no? can't have it in your hand. Okay. You will Shit. not like... <laughs> you will not enjoy that. Can I have my third and final taste of it? Or is, is that it? I'm done. And, and let me just tell you, you're on the right track, buddy. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to identify the... Grape leaves? Um, no, it's it's more. It's got s- little tiny seeds in it. I feel. Are those seeds? Yeah, they're seeds. They okay. are. Okay. It's funny. I avoided the seeds on the first few bites okay. just to keep you uh, on your toes. Oh, they're little seeds in a pod of some sort. That's that has paprika of some sort in. I'm trying to think of a Hungarian dish that involves mm. this kind of item because paprika is making me think Hungarian. This thing is kind of pickled, which would tell me that part of the world, Poland, Hungary, Germany, uh, Austria, where they pickle a lot of like cabbages, but it's not cabbage uh, and it's not highly pickled like that. I'm going to say what has little seeds in it. Um, 
Fuck. Okay. I'm going to say paprika with it's not capers. I'm going to say grape leaves. I don't you know. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. What? The first thing you said out of your mouth Can when you smelt wife? it, yeah. when you smelt it, yeah. the first thing you said out of your mouth was the answer. What? Which was? What was it? Do you remember? Your first smell. You said, oh, it smells like... Uh, Tex-Mex, like... Uh... Chipotle, buddy. Oh, it's Chipotle. It's oh, it's Chipotle. Chipotle peppers it's... in adobo sauce. That's what it oh, is. Oh, okay. And an adobo sauce has paprika... Oh. And uh, and maybe like a, a vinegar, oregano. So you got all the ingredients. But this is a canned product that I love to use. Okay. When I'm making beans, when I'm making chilies, you open up a can, a can of oh. chipotle in adobo. Okay. And adobo is exactly that. It's Tex-Mex flavors. It's not the Filipino adobo. This is a, the adobo with paprika and uh, and uh, it's like this earthy brown here. Let me, let me show let me you what it is here. It, it's oh, it tastes wonderful. I have to say, I really was enjoying it. It's got a bit of heat. It's to got it. some heat to it. It's um, chipotle peppers. Yeah, yeah. but ah, oh, yeah. Of course, it has tiny seeds in it. Like, yeah, I couldn't get over that it had this kind of um, capery feel. I believe capery. the word. I yeah. believe the word caper came yeah. up a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is that there was a contradiction in my mind because it's like. Why would he serve me capers with paprika, right? But now that you say chipotle, of course, this is chipotle. The first thing you said, I go, oh, man, this guy came in hot real quick. And then went cold. And then you went caper. You went to Capersville. Capertown. But this is like, uh, as I mentioned, chili. If you are making chili... And it comes in small cans, like the tiny cans, you know? So – because it also comes in big cans, but then you got to be making industrial-sized stuff. You can imagine how spicy and smoky this is. So the other thing we do is uh, when I make ground beef for tacos. Yes. I put about – I take some scissors and I cut these chilies up into thin slivers. I add some of the sauce and it flavors the, um, uh, the, the ground beef. Or ground turkey, and it is uh, it is fantastic in tacos. You know, you can really taste that flavor throughout. It's not like if you add enough of this, at no point are you like, oh, I can't really taste it anymore. You can imagine right, with right. all that garlic, paprika, oregano, the vinegar, like sauce, and then the chipotle peppers. That smokiness is always there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, I was there. I had you it there. in my hand. You were there. You and danced I, and around, I, and, and I, I let it I, I, I go. If I was marking you. If I was marking you, I would give you points. Okay. You would get okay. points. Well, look. You got an 8 on 10 on that one, buddy. Okay. Not the most exciting what's in Marco's mouth, <laughs> no, no, but no, no. listen, I, I, I'm getting there. I'm getting better. We had a good episode. We yeah. we, we sweat a little. You sweat a yes. little. Oh, yeah. You enjoyed the cod. 100%. I enjoyed the drink. You enjoyed gin and tonic for one of the rare times in your life yeah. that you've enjoyed gin and tonic. I would drink that gin and tonic that I made with you any day of the week. Look at you. All right. So now that we're properly soused, <laughs> we'll say goodbye and uh, join Happy us next Happy Valentine's time. Day weekend, everybody. I hope the COD inspires you, if not for this weekend, uh, going this, forward. This won't air on the weekend. This won't air on the this, weekend. You on know the, what? Let's end that. Okay. Uh, Happy Valentine's Day month, everyone. Let's just take Valentine's Day out of Let's this. take Valentine's Day out of it completely, everyone. Uh, I'm going to say this. This has been a fun episode. Thank it you, has. Ali. It has. And I hope... I hope you're inspired to make cod for your loved one. Yeah. And uh, I hope you're inspired to make a gin and tonic for your loved one. Well, I, I do that regularly. Well, there you go. I didn't need the inspiration, but yes. I, I, uh, meant, I meant our listeners. Yeah, okay. Yes. Okay, good, good. You looked me directly in the eyes on that one. All right. Until we eat again, everyone. 
We hope you got your fill of eat and drink with Ali Hassan and Marco Timpano. Follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Eat Drink. Email them your cocktail and food suggestions to podcasteatdrink at gmail.com. Until the next episode, bottoms up. Bottoms up.